Mitch McBodry. Patrick Alexander. Hey, hey. Hey, how do I sound? Uh, you're really, really low. But it might be my... Hold on. Say something again. Hey, how do I sound? Oh, it was my volume. Okay, never mind. Okay. <laughs> it's on the PA. On it. Dungeons and Dragons. The endearingly popular roll dice play game invokes a lot of familiar images. Mostly dragons, dungeons, and acne-scarred, maladaptive adult virgins who make believe they're wizards and elves to quell their misanthropic urges and create a role play to blow off steam before they blow off each other while trolling conspiracy websites watching manga tentacle porn. But I was wrong. That's not them at all. They don't have acne. But I was invited into this elusive world by my guest this week on episode nine of On the PA, my good, good friend, Mitch McBodry, a rising star in the Niagara comedy scene, someone who was a contender for Niagara's Next Top Comic, had COVID not ruined everything. And he invited me on to his video podcast on YouTube, Underwhelming. And that title is bitchin'. It's a Dungeons and Dragons video podcast where four comedians play the game and they needed a fifth. So of course I said, I'm in, but I'm a villain because villains are always more popular. Asked for criteria. I said, I want to be a wizard that burns things. Now, when I filmed my segment, you'll see, I, uh, I took it a little far, um, but that'll air June 2nd next week. So this week we're doing a crossover episode where underwhelming, Dungeon Master Mick McBodry, Mitch McBodry. I don't know why I just stumbled on his name. And by the way, Dungeon Master, kind of BDSM, but whatever, let's move on. Uh, Mitch McBodry and I chit-chat about underwhelming, as well as eating communist cornflakes and bread lines, all the way to the current Niagara comedy scene, as well as the seven things you can't say on television, among other things. So here is my conversation with the incredibly talented dungeon master slash comedian slash all around awesome guy, Mitch McBodry. All right, I'm here with Mitch McBodry. Mitch, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. Doing great. I don't know why I'm talking like a game show host. <laughs> I thought this was a game show. I thought you were literally gonna start pulling out some questions. You know, who's the who's the uh, I'm trying to think of a trivia question right now, and I can't Who even think of it. Who was the of Prussia in the 16th century? Oh, fuck. Who wasn't? I know. my my answer to that. I but, remember looking at this on the back of the cereal box every morning, and I just don't remember the name now. Yeah, my, my parents used to get me uh, Soviet knockoff cereal when I was growing <laughs> up. So there's a lot of... A lot of facts about Prussia and the way <laughs> life used to be under one rule and how awesome called, that was. Yeah. They're just called flakes with an umlaut. Like, that's all it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where was Prussia? I don't even know. I always assumed it was just like Russia with a P, but it's actually not. It's like No. It, France and Germany are part of Prussia. I know that. I know there's a part of France and Germany that was part of it. It was, it was a pretty sizable emperor empire. Uh, you already know more about this than I do. I just threw that name out there because it sounded like really impressive. <laughs> I saw it on Jeopardy once and I was like, Prussia. 
Like they're gonna do one about Canada next. The Canada would be. I see. I think P Canada, like a country of pecans. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. we we got everything from the Russian grocery store and back in the Soviet era. So no, it was it was yeah. all. It was a bread line. It was a bread line. There was no fruit. It was a bread line. That's why when people are like, aren't you afraid if we get more socialist, we'll have bread lines? I'm like, nah. First off, there's something (laughs) about bread lines because Russian people are some of the most attractive people on the planet. Something about waiting in bread lines helps with that. I would assume. And like, yeah. The, the, the drab fashion of communism. Like that's, that's hot. Yeah. It's, it's super hot until it's not. Until yeah. you look at them, and you're like, oh, and they've got like that that face that looks like a a, a potato every, that the you've propaganda left. you ever saw during World War Two. <laughs> yeah, everything that was like, don't sleep with the enemy because you'll get the clap or whatever they called it back then. I'm assuming the clap. Well, they blamed it on the loose women, so really it was more their fault, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. It's not the fault of the invaders for coming in and bringing the clap, but rather the loose women who terrified of their lot for their lives. Uh, yeah, just trying to make a quick, you know, ruble by, you know, giving them a on their little portacol there. Just a quick up. Prussian franc taking exactly. it all back. Yeah. And apparently it was quick and with Prussian francs. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we, we were talking a lot about communism on this one. I don't know if this is becoming a theme. Like, I may use this as the artwork for the advertising, but. Um, <laughs> So talking about communism, let's talk about you have a podcast, which is actually I, I call it a podcast, but it's actually like a video cast. Yeah. A video pod. Is there like a, ter- a term for that that I'm just video podcast, video podcast, right? Yeah. Of, of iPod. Oh, no, that sounds too much like vapid. Yeah, it sounds like something that gets yeah, venereal. Yeah, like- I was on Mitch's <laughs> vapid vipod. Yeah, <laughs> we talked about nothing. It was great. <laughs> My sister was a carny for one season. Shut up. Seriously. Yeah. She's my idol. What did she do? She, uh, you would actually get along with my sister now that I think about it. But uh, she ran one of the, one of the rides. She was, was like, I, I have no, it was the one that most kids died on. I'm assuming. Cause she was 17 oh, it's years old. It's the zipper. <laughs> she, Nobody was safe on that thing. She had no business being like responsible for other people's lives, but you know, well, the carny business. They weren't responsible for our lives. I mean, like you my friend puked on it and had to twirl around in her own puke and they still didn't stop the ride. They're too busy listening to Megadeth. Yeah, you're not wrong. The the but at the same time, I think they are responsible. Like if I got in a taxi and the taxi driver was like, Hey, if you puke, I don't care, we're finishing this ride. <laughs> Little be a little fact. concerned. Yeah, little known fact. Like I actually was vomited on in a cab once by a friend of mine, and oh. I'm not going to name names. And uh, we had to get out immediately because he just was like, "Nah, not going to happen." Good. And the thing is, it's like you're you're a cab. Like picking up drunk people is like too much for you. Like this is the line. Well, I I think it's you could be drunk but keep all bodily fluids in your body for the duration of the ride. Not in your twenties, you can't. Come on. <laughs> yeah. How's your pandemic life going? It is, uh, it's, it's hell. I mean, what, <laughs> what do you want me to say? This is the worst. This is, uh, yeah. you know, uh, I'm terrified on a daily basis of my neighbors and, uh, so you I, have, the yet. I have it. I, I got my first shot. Uh, but even then I'm still within the first two weeks. 
Oh, okay. So it hasn't on Sunday. It'll be the full two weeks, but even then, they say it's only like ninety percent effective. That's still pretty good. I but I play the lottery. <laughs> I put a lot of hope in really impossible odds. You know, this is true. This is true. Well, I mean, you know, you're either gonna get rich or get COVID. So you know. <laughs> yeah, that's the new. Uh, what was that movie? Get rich or die trying. Yeah, that's, that's the new version. Yeah, yeah, Richard really died of COVID. Like our rap artist struggle, it's more about you know pandemic losses. But uh, but you know what? I, as I said, my first. Uh, so it, for all the viewers listening, uh, let me give a little, just a little brief you know history here of Mr. McBodry. Um, You know, I was uh, very. I, I was still about a year into doing comedy in St. Catharines, and you know that was the those were the days. You know, no masks. You know, <laughs> hugging people. It was you know hookers and cocaine, all that stuff, and. Uh, you, I, I honestly, and this has become like a theme. I, I, I say it with Ali Moore. I don't remember the first time I saw you perform, not because it was not memorable, but because my my memory is shit. And you sort of like you're you're always there now, so I can't imagine you not there. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like it's 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 not comprehensible to me. And I remember when you started, uh, you had the delivery and everything, and it was just I think a matter of timing. But like you improved like literally by the second time I saw you, and then you just kind of took off from there. You started wearing a blazer, and I'm like, this is a man to watch. I respect that. And oh, I've thank been you, fan ever since. And like you're just you're you're quick, and uh, you know I have nothing more to respect. And you you were a contender for this year's top comic, and then as we know, came the jerk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a ruiner of many things. A ruiner, uh, missing top comic. Like we would be in the middle, if not the end, of top comic right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that's crazy to me. We'd be. Uh, hopefully, I would get second place again. That's my goal. <laughs> I wanted to be like the Buffalo Bills, like just perennially in second place, but never winning the championship. They did that the four Silver years Surfer. in a row. They made it to the Super Bowl four years in a row and never won the Super Bowl. That is oh, harder yeah. than winning the Super Bowl. And like, I know nothing about sports. I mean, literally nothing. <laughs> but I would watch, obviously, the Super Bowl for the halftime show. And I remember, I'm like, the Bills again? Like, wow. <laughs> this is just agony. Yeah. They uh, they're, they were something back in the OJ. I think that was the OJ Simpson days for them. I'm not sure. Did he play for the Bills? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he met he met his wife while playing for the Bills. So this is like their fault. Really. <laughs> there's that there's actually a meme online about how the buffalo bills are responsible for oj's uh supposed murders i guess you can't call him a murderer because he wasn't convicted but... we'll call him like a probable murderer <laughs> yeah most likely like, murderer even if he didn't kill her he probably is gonna kill somebody at some point in his life <laughs> just seems to have that temperament about it <laughs> He's he, like really like uptight about it. Like he's so upset that people are still like talking about the murder. It's like, well, dude, it, it like it's not like you know Janet Jackson's nipple coming out of the Super Bowl. Like you, it, it, your wife was savagely murdered, and like yeah, people are gonna talk about it because hmm, remember all that time you said you're gonna raise money to find the killer? How's that going? How's that foundation? I mean, the book idea was brilliant. The oh. idea to write a book of if you did it, <laughs> that is. Yeah, like I'm waiting for Cosby's. Like, you know, you know, like <laughs> uh, I, I can't even think of a title because I'm afraid it's gonna be a little too edgy for this podcast. But <laughs> for Cosby, Cosby's would yeah. be like, I didn't do it and she wasn't sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be Suited two denials and cold. one one. I didn't know she was asleep, uh restless in the Cosby's house. Uh <laughs> Cliff Huxtable did it, not me. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, and you know it's so bad because I love the I love the everyone loved the Cosby Show like that, that hit as hard as Michael Jackson. You know what I mean? Like it's like come on. Oh, I'm I'm still in denial about Michael Jackson. Uh, you know what? I I, I refuse to believe it just because I I love the music too much and I know that's horrible. It's not though. I I take a sort of a different approach. I think like you know what? If you look into the past of some of the people who I like, you know, let's say like literature that I love, like Edgar Allan Poe. Or like Salvador Dali and surrealism. Like, if you look into their lives, they were not like upstanding people. Like, they were about? Not, Edgar like... Allan Poe was just seductively trying to seduce his thirteen-year-old cousin, and and did, <laughs> and and did, and then yeah. you know was an alcoholic and uh, a drug abuser and all these other things. And, but and like opium, like not just any drug. Opium. Well, the, but opium back then was like the drug of the times. Yeah, like opium, opium back and... then was like weed now. Well, I think weed was still then, but I think it was more like, you know, it was the opiate. It was like, you know, people who like do like Oxycontin and stuff. Yeah, that's true. Although yeah. they used to have opium dens. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like, you know, like we need more of that in this culture where people just go somewhere and chill the fuck out for a while. Man, <laughs> that would be I, I, I try to think of what is the conservative nightmare because I, I lean very liberal politically when it comes to social stuff. Funnily enough, I know I don't understand why conservatism gets tied in with social stuff. They really should try to separate the two. Mm -hmm. So it's like I believe in lower taxes. Oh, that sounds good. But trans people can't use my bathroom. What? Why are those two things related? Why can't why, we? Why just... would a trans person use? Why would anyone use your bathroom? Like, do you let people in off the street to use your bathroom? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, you can let, and I I firmly believe this. You can let anyone you wish use your bathroom. Or anyone you wish not to use your, yeah. that's your bathroom. The public bathrooms, that's none of your fucking business. It's public. And I want to know who walks into a public bathroom and it, like does, <laughs> okay, genital check and like wants to know if it's like all penises in the room or like, you know, is there a wayward vagina in there? Like, no, nobody does that. I, I wish all... these people would look at the struggle to of the transgender person. Like yeah. the struggle that they go through and then yeah. think that like, yes, their entire plan is to go through all that just so they can use the men's room or the woman's room or yeah. whatever, whatever bathroom they prefer. Now, women's room used to more commonly have uh, couches in them. Yes. And I would I would see the advantage of trying to sneak in to get a little nap time. But <laughs> <laughs> like if you're at Sears or something, yeah. they can't kick you out of the bathroom. I just can't imagine anyone wanting to sit on a couch in a bathroom, but I mean, like, you know, that's just my germophobia talking. <laughs> I just can't imagine being comfortable there. And again, like, why are you sitting there? Or is this like, a, it's not like you're waiting for your friend in the change room. Like, I mean, like it, it had to do with, cause I've asked women like, what's with the, what's with the couch? And it had to do with like period cramping. Oh, it was so they could sit down like if they were out somewhere and they were having period cramps or something really bad. It was a safe place they could go and suffer away from the <laughs> eyes of men everywhere. Yeah, because that would just be inconvenient to see that. I It bummed me out. Yeah, it would. It, it would seriously change, hamper my Sears experience. I thought it was just for fainting because apparently women did a lot of fainting in a certain period of time. They actually make couches for it. <laughs> yeah. It, it is weird how we don't see women fainting in media as much anymore. Like, growing up, it feels like women were fainting all the time. Yeah, like, do you remember, like, okay, so, like, uh, like in that Twisted Sister video or in the Rocky Horror Picture Show, they're hitting the ground left, right, and center. Yeah. And they're doing, like, the, not the backwards faint. We all know that's fake. All right? But, like, the swooning and then fainting, that's, that's the classic. That's, like, you give them, a, like, a signal before you drop so they can catch you. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's true. It, it, fainting, fainting is one of those things that we, I thought would be a bigger issue as I grew up, and it is and same like quicksand. Me too. Yeah, and I, now we just, I guess, clutch the pearls. That's like the equivalent, and we don't even wear pearls anymore. We don't even know? wear pearls, but we get I we mean, clutch what is them. This world? Well, at least the Simpson taught us nothing, really. Um, I, so I actually started to to introduce your podcast, and we got off on a real tangent, but I love it. Um, so so everyone knows, um, not always Mitch McRodry a rising. You know, what? it's so bad because I love the I love the everyone loved the Cosby Show. Like that that hit as hard as Michael Jackson. You know what I mean? Like it's like come on. Oh, I'm I'm still in denial about Michael Jackson. Uh, you know what? I, I I refuse to believe it just because I, I love the music too much. And I know that's horrible. It's not, though. I, I take a sort of a different approach. To this. I think, like, you know what? If you look into the past of some of the people who I like, you know, let's say like literature that I love, like Edgar Allan Poe or mm-hmm. like Salvador Dali and surrealism. Like if you look into their lives, they were not like upstanding people. Like, they were not, Edgar like... Allan Poe was just seductively trying to seduce his 13 year old cousin. And, and did. <laughs> and and did and then yeah. you know was an alcoholic and uh, a drug abuser and all these other things and but like opium like not just any drug opium. Well, but <laughs> opium back then was like the drug of the times yeah, like opium back and, then was like weed now well i think weed was still then but i think it was more like you know it was the opiate it was like you know people who like do like oxycontin and stuff yeah that's true although yeah. they used to have opium dens yeah yeah and i I feel like you know like we need more of that in this culture where people just go somewhere and chill the fuck out for a while (laughs) man that would be i i I try to think of what is the conservative nightmare because i I lean very liberal politically when it comes to social stuff funnily enough i know i don't understand why conservatism gets tied in with social stuff they really should try to separate the two Mm -hmm. so it's like i believe in lower taxes oh that sounds good but trans people can't use my bathroom why are those two things related? Why can't why, we why just... Why would a trans person use... Why would anyone use your bathroom? Like, do you let people in off the street to use your bathroom? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, you can let... And I, I firmly believe this. You can let anyone you wish use your bathroom. Sure. Or anyone you wish not to use your... Yeah. That's your bathroom. But Absolutely. public bathrooms, that's none of your fucking business. It's public. And I want to know who walks into a public bathroom and it, like does okay like, genital check and like wants to know if it's like all penises in the room or like you know is there a wayward vagina in there like no nobody does that. I, I wish so, these people would look at the struggle to of the transgender person like yeah. the struggle that they go through and then yeah. think that like yes their entire plan is to go through all that just so they can use the men's room or the woman's room or yeah. whatever whatever bathroom they prefer. Now. Women's room used to more commonly have uh, couches in them. Yes. And I would I would see the advantage of trying to sneak in to get a little nap time. But <laughs> like if you're at Sears or something, yeah. they can't kick you out of the bathroom. I just can't imagine anyone wanting to sit on a couch in a bathroom. But I mean, like, you know, that's just my germophobia talking. <laughs> I just can't imagine being comfortable there. And again, like, why are you sitting there? Or is this like, a, it's not like you're waiting for your friend in the change room. Like, I mean, like. It, it had to do with, because I've asked women, like, what's with the, what's with the couch? And it had to do with like period cramping. Oh. It was so they could sit down. Like if they were out somewhere and they were having period cramps or something really bad, it was a safe place they could go and suffer away from the <laughs> eyes of men everywhere. 
Yeah, because that would just be inconvenient to see that. I it bummed me out. Yeah, it would. It, it would seriously change, hamper my Sears experience. I thought it was just for fainting because apparently women did a lot of fainting in a certain period of time. They actually make couches for it. <laughs> yeah, it, it is weird how we don't see women fainting in media as much anymore. Like growing up, it feels like women were fainting all the time. Yeah, like do you remember, like okay, so like uh, like in that Twisted Sister video or in the Rocky Horror Picture Show, they're hitting the ground left, right, and center. Yeah, and they're doing like the not the backwards faint. We all know that's fake. All right. But like the swooning and then fainting, that's, that's the classic. That's like, you give them a, like a signal before he drop so they can catch you. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It, it fainting, fainting is one of those things that we, I thought would be a bigger issue as I grew up and it is and same like quicksand. Me too. Yeah. And I, now we just, I guess, clutch the pearls. That's like the equivalent. And we don't even wear pearls anymore. We don't even know? wear pearls, but we get, I we mean, clutch what is them. World Cup? Well, at least the Simpson taught us nothing, really. Um, so I actually started to, to introduce your podcast and we got off on a real tangent, but I love it. Um, so, so everyone knows, uh, not only is Mitch McGodry a rising star in the St. Catharines which scene, which will come back. I mean, it will. It's just, oh, yeah. but uh, Mitch also does a video podcast and tell them what is the, the, the raison d'etre of this podcast. Uh, based on the French, I know, I believe you asked me what the earth's raisin is, <laughs> but yes. uh, so I, it's a, it's a Dungeons and Dragons show. Ooh. It's a show of comedians playing Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, with a guest every week, which Patrick was phenomenal on. Oh, go on. No, seriously, you, you, we, uh, we were talking about this, like our favorite episodes, and yours, yours was, uh, was up there because the production value you brought and the, the entertainment you brought. Actually, I, I, I'm gonna ask you about this now so I don't forget. Sure. I need you to record some more clips for me as that character because your character came back. Okay. They got out of prison and then you gave them a job. So oh, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to have you, uh, I'm going to have you record if you're cool with that. Absolutely. You're the one who has to put the makeup back on. That's, that's the only yeah. thing. So just so I don't no spoiler alerts and any, if anyone's going to watch and I'm going to promote this, so you better. Um, I was told to create a character and again, I've not played Dungeons and Dragons. So the first thing I did was I looked up like a tutorial on YouTube, which is where we get our information about everything. Yep. And the first rule they said was there's no rules. And I was like, okay, I'm sold, which is true, but not true. Like the, the story is very like it ebbs and flows and you can do what you want, but there's still like limitations. Obviously it's not just a free for all. You know I mean, like, <laughs> well, it, it depends. You can do, it depends how much of a jerk you want to be to the dungeon master. Cause they're trying to tell a story that you're a part of. Yeah. So you can derail them for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Now you've obviously played this when you were young. No, really? uh, college. Well, okay. like, so in high school I would play, there's a star Wars version and I would play that with some buddies of mine. And there was a teenage mutant Ninja turtle version as well. And I would play that with some buddies of mine, but the actual does the dragons. I didn't get into until college. So there's a Star Wars version of Dungeons and Dragons. There's an everything version of Dungeons and Dragons. That is the geekiest thing I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. But yeah. I love so what are some other things? Like, what are some other types of like besides Star Trek? Uh, well, Star Wars is what I said, but there Star is Star Wars, Trek. Sorry. Oh God! Don't uh, come for me, Star Wars fans. Please don't come. For me. <laughs> 
uh, there's everything. There is there. They just came up for Rick and Morty one, like an official on. one from from Wizards of the Coast, which is who publishes uh, the Dungeons and Dragons books. They came out with an official Rick and Morty one. Wow. There is that would be a good one because like they're always going to weird ass places. That's the idea. Yeah, and it's actually called Rick and Morty versus Dungeons and Dragons because I guess they get somehow transported into the world and you gotta help them or not help them. I I, I actually don't know much about it, but I know it's up. <laughs> but the system is what's called a D twenty system, which as you know means you roll the D twenty and add your yes. modifier, and that's that's where the chance part of Dungeons and Dragons comes in is these dice rolls. Uh, to determine what happens if if you succeed in doing something or not, but you can try to do anything. Like that's yeah. the real fun of Dungeons and Dragons is you can try to, you know, we had an, a situation where uh, <laughs> I think I tried to incinerate a whole bunch of people. <laughs> you tried to incinerate a whole bunch of people, but uh, I was yeah. thinking to an episode that DJ Brooks did where he wanted to th- throw uh, Ali Moore, who's a dwarf in our <laughs> campaign he wanted to throw her up to a chandelier so she could cut it down and and try to ignite these uh zombies well with that's just fire absurd. it's just absurd. but of course i'm like yeah we can definitely in the rules it would technically be well you can only throw this much based on weight and da 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 yeah how heavy is how heavy and, body armor and i'm like let's just do it that's way more fun than saying no like True. It's like any, it's like anything else. As long as everyone's having a good time and everyone's uh, complicit in the story and at least wants the story to progress a little bit, yeah. then you're going to have a good time with it. And we've been having a great time with the show so far. We're, we've had now five episodes there uh, and you're on episode seven. Woo. So the next episode, the one that's airing tomorrow is with Jillian Moore, Ali's sister. Oh, okay. I want to see that one. She played a mermaid. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, because that was mentioned in the preamble of yes. my story. And I didn't know that's who that was. Yeah, that was Jillian. And she cool. did a great job. Jillian is not a comedian. She's the first non-comedian we've had on. Uh, yeah, for but our, she's... our listeners, Jillian is the sister of Ali Moore, who had her own two-part special yes. here a few weeks ago. And uh, she was a wonderful player. Yeah, and Ali Ali started knowing nothing like she had never played either and now she's one of the the driving factors of the story. She wants to uh enhance the story as much as she can. Like there's so much buy-in from the three core players which are Ali Moore, uh Drew Hayes and Tyler Reese Sanford. Yeah. Uh, they're the regular role players that are in there. And Drew Hayes and Tyler Reese Sanford and I, we had been in a Dungeons and Dragons group before. So when I started this show, they were the first two people I thought of and awesome. asked them because I was like, hey, I know you guys play. Would you be down? And they said yes. And we've had some people say no. Like we've asked people who've said no. But for the most part, anyone we've been like, hey, you want to be a guest? They've they've been very receptive and we've been very awesome. lucky. And again, it's it's again, like I said, it's one of the longest like subcultures out there. Like I was I listen to a lot of music podcasts and they were talking about how like goth music, for example, has always been. It's one of those endearing subcultures. It never goes away. It goes underground, but it never really goes away from the fabric of pop culture. And D&D is the same thing. Like, this has been around for decades now. Yeah, since the 70s. Its, yeah, it's never lost its, like, uh, popularity. And, you know, people find it at different times. But I feel like there's a real niche 
for like people who are creative, somewhat introverted. You know what I mean? Like they're not like the big loud mouths, like, you know, well, me. And, you know, they, <laughs> they want to sort of be expressive. They don't necessarily want to join the drama club because maybe that's too much exposure, but they want to like people who want to like role play and like just go into a, a different person for a little while. Yeah. And I could, I, I would say that for, especially if you're, if you played when you were younger, I wasn't allowed to play when I was younger. Really? My mom went to a Pentecostal church growing up. Here we go. <laughs> so there were a lot of things that were associated with Satan and, and the occult and things like that. Like, it, like everything, <laughs> like everything. And her big fear was I started playing magic, the gathering, the oh, card God. game. Yeah. <laughs> I was a real popular kid. Actually, the most embarrassing thing ever is that we moved from St. Catharines to Hamilton when I was in the sixth grade. That is and Oh, it gets better. <laughs> and I go and I at this time, I'm like 11 years old. I wanted to be a magician when I grew up. Nice. Like that was what I was aspiring to be. I think comedy is just me doing the magician thing without any tricks. Yeah, but, I expect to see like a box on stage and like someone inside you're going to saw in half very soon. I'll get there eventually. I'm oh, hoping. Yeah. But these kids, uh, these new kids in Hamilton were like, do you play magic? And I was like, play it. I'm a little more. I consider myself a little more advanced <laughs> and they were like, get the fuck out of here. This is awesome. New kid plays magic. Awesome. Come over to, to Luke's house uh, on Friday or whatever. So I show up and I swear to God, I'm wearing a top hat and a cape yes. and I've got my magic kit and uh, they're just sitting around in shorts playing these cards I'd never seen before. And Mumford the Amazing walks through the door. <laughs> yes. And because I didn't have any cards, I couldn't play. So I just had to sit down and watch until my parents picked me up after like three hours. And, and every once in a while, I'll be like, anyone want to see a magic trick? <laughs> <laughs> my rabbit's getting really tired. Yeah. I need to assume... let these doves out. <laughs> so did, you... <laughs> did your mom assume you were worshiping the devil at this point? Yeah. So when I told her about uh, magic, like, hey, can I buy these magic cards Is this game? She was like, that's not like Dungeons and Dragons, is it? It sounds like Dungeons and Dragons. Because I was talking about casting spells and things like that. And uh, I go, I don't think so. And she goes, because you know that you, in Dungeons and Dragons, when you die, you die for real, right? Like, kill you. Come on. Yeah, this is what my mother my mother thought. This is what that's they told terrifying. her. This is what they told her when she was growing up. Come on. So years later... When I started being interested in Dungeons Dragons again as an adult, my, my mom works at a bookstore. So one Christmas, I asked her for the books. I was like, hey, can I get these books? And then by that point, she had realized, oh, no, it's just the dorkiest thing you could do. <laughs> it's, it's literally like peak nerdum. And I, I think the whole reason she understood it was because of that show. Um, uh, what's that really terrible comedy? Oh, narrow it down uh bazinga oh uh the the big bang theory yes i think they had a DD episode on that oh, definitely probably several probably several yeah and that's what made her go oh that's what it is but when i was a kid she was legit like terrified of me well, she would have been one of those like harry potter moms who was like no not my kid no it, strangely enough so she's always been cool with witch stuff Really? So anything witchy, she's she's been very cool with and understanding. Like crystals, she was fine with. Uh, anything like that, she was always okay. So when Harry Potter books started coming out, she's like, oh, yeah, this is about a wizard, and that's cool. I'm like, so is fucking Dungeons & Dragons. They're both yeah, about wizards. Like, They're just 
they're just one seems more ancient than the other yeah but... one is you just read it one you actually participate and again like i i gotta tell her mrs victor Baudry, if you're listening you know all that stuff that you're doing the crystals like if you were alive like even 300 years ago you would have been going up like kindling right because they would not have the puritans would have put you right on the stake <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in green is I was talking to someone about this, about like certain words, like there's certain words that we know, like the N word, like that's like the, the biggest one. Everyone oh, knows. Daddy, yeah. Everyone the, knows you don't say that. The grand poobah of racist epithets. But then there's other ones like, like I'll, I'm not going to say the word, but the G word. And you may not even know what that is. And that's one of those words. That's like, like there's like several because <laughs> there's like several and they're who, like, who would it be hurled at? Uh, Koreans. Oh, okay. Yeah. It rhymes with book. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, so that one is sort of like, well, can you still say that? Like, it's still no. okay to call an Oriental rug, an Oriental rug, but you can't call a person Oriental. And there are, there are people who have a hard time with that. And I think my grandma, <laughs> a lot of, I think a lot of people take uh, like they're just not going to get it in. We can get the big ones, like as yeah. long as we get the big ones, we get the f word, we get the n word, we get. Yeah, I I'm a big fan of the c word. I don't want to see it go away. I actually really okay, like it. So, is this a epithet you would hurl towards the fairer sex? No, see that's oh. that's the problem with it. Yeah. Because the moment you do that, you're an idiot. You're you're an asshole. It's sort of like like when I was growing up, you wouldn't call a gay person the f word. Well, you would well, call. You should have talked to some of my classmates because they missed that memo. <laughs> well, yeah, because they're they're using it wrong, and that's why we can't use the word anymore. Which is fine. I'm not saying we should. I'm not. No, I'm not rallying to be like. For that, yeah. No, I'm just saying like that's why you can't is because of the idiots who were misusing it. There, you use a word to to delineate someone who doesn't have the thing you're delineating because okay. that way they realize they're acting in a way that isn't their normal way. But right. don't, but that being said, it's still highly inappropriate to use now. It's a shitty word. It's <laughs> a horrible word. <laughs> because really the F word and we're talking, you're talking about faggot, right? That's your word, man. I, ain't, <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to say it. I that, still remember. I still word. remember when you, Yes. Like texted me like urgently saying, Patrick, I have this joke. I, I say this word. It, and I have to say this word. I want you to tell me whether or not it's offensive. Now, here's the thing. I was so intrigued. I'm like, oh, shoot, I got to hear this. And my point is, too, you know what? You use it and you use it smartly. And there is a way that you use these words because you're not giving power to that word. You're showing how absurd it is. Yes. And that's the point. If you're yes. using it maliciously, it's not. Not only is it not funny, it's just, you know, being dickish, but um, your joke was amazing. And actually, why don't you uh, why don't you favor us with that joke right now? Because I, I was serious? Making, yeah. All, I right. Was making all right. So let's pretend we're in a comedy club. All right. And the world right. is sane again. Right. <sighs> we can dare to dream. <laughs> yeah. I got a beer in my hand. Feeling and good. And you just told a joke. People are laughing. Laughing. All right. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I'm, I couldn't remember how it started. You know, <laughs> Uh, I'm. Uh, they say this generation is the most enlightened generation that there's ever been. Like young yeah. people now, I look at my kids, my daughter, she's three, and she's already using words in a way I never would have thought of. And she's definitely not using the words I may have by that age. <laughs> and it's awesome to see. But 
I take a little bit of offense to this idea that this is the enlightened age because I grew up in the 90s. And well, frankly, we thought we were the enlightened ones mm -hmm. because our parents grew up in the 70s and those people are savages. Like, uh, let me give you an mm -hmm. example. It's 1996. I'm at Woo! my buddy Luke's house and we're sitting around watching a, a copy of the movie Men in Black on VHS because it just came out. Luke just got it from Blockbuster. Everything's going great. We're, me and a group of friends are sitting around watching this movie. We're having a great time. Luke's dad walks into the room, watches for a couple minutes, laughs and says, huh, that Will Smith, he's one funny N-word. Except he didn't say N-word. Oh. He said the word. And I, I couldn't believe this. And he left. And then he left the room like nothing happened. And I was stunned. And I turned to my friends and I said, can you believe that Luke's dad just said the N-word? What a faggot. <laughs> yes. Now, for people listening, this is how you do things smartly. Because I've heard people like, you know, we've seen like, you know, some amateur nights that, you know, they get pretty yeah, well. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, th the first rule of comedy, and I've said this on other podcasts, is you comfort the afflicted and you afflict the comfortable. So if you're actually using that word to oppress, you know, gay or queer people it's like well you're just an asshole but again, yeah you talk about the dynamics of that word to me is very interesting because you know i think of like george carlin like the seven words you can't say on tv so he just said them all and then in, in expanded on that list <laughs> exponentially <Yes. laughs> really it is lacking a few key, key words well that's the beautiful thing about the seven dirty words is it doesn't use any hate speech no there's no hate speech in the seven dirty words i mean tits is one of the words like, yeah. it's a pretty tame list of seven words that at well, the time the two, was like the two <gasps> compound words, which are yes. like MF in the CS, right? That's that yes. hard hitting, you know, that would be, yeah, that would be the harshest they get, but it, there's no, like, he doesn't say the N word. He doesn't drop, no. uh, which back then even would have been, uh, a word he, you couldn't use on TV. I feel like. <laughs> On all in the family, they might have slipped it in. Yeah, you know I mean, I feel like at one point maybe Archie Bunker dropped it. I don't know. I have no proof. Uh, up their I, nose. Let me know. I I can't imagine they did. I, I mean, he said Negro a lot. Negro, yeah. yeah, I could see him saying Negro. Yeah, and there's the meathead and episode. yeah, the Sammy Davis Jr. episode. I know there was like it, it, he was skirting around it, and it was it was brilliant. Yeah, um, well, that's just it. Is that that's the thing about um. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Archie Bunker. Yeah, the actual actor though, Carol uh, O'Connor. Carol O'Connor. That was the thing about Carol O'Connor is he played like the most famous bigot, but he wasn't a bigot. No, and not at all. he he never had a hateful bone in his body, and I don't think Archie Bunker did either. I think Archie Bunker was as a character very misunderstood and misguided in he a lot of been, ways. Like the, the quintessential Trump fan. You know what I mean? Like he's in the embodiment. <laughs> Of a Trump, in, in that he lives in that ignorance and doesn't yeah. see the side of like social unrest and yes language, and he thinks that someone's going to help the little guy like him, but is duped by it. You know what I mean? Like because of charisma, and he's also assuming that he's the little guy when he's not. Exactly, he lives in a beautiful big house. He's got a he's got a a, a job, a stable job with a wife and a, a beautiful daughter and her meathead. Uh... <laughs> Oh, and you know Mike and Gloria and him would have come to blows if this were shot in 2021. Oh, <laughs> yeah. a two-part episode. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to give you uh, just a quick... So, for those of you 
listening to this, all right, um, back to our uh, original promo. This is a crossover episode because, of course, Mitch has his video podcast. I have this one. And mm-hmm. I will be on uh, Mitch's video podcast on January 2nd. Sort of second, yeah. So in like another week. So, editor's note: I meant to say June, not January. This is what isolation is doing to me. I I was asked to create a character, all right, and I'm thinking, okay, this is my wheelhouse. And I remember I jokingly said, I want, I just want to be like one of those like wizards that like just burn things with their hands. And Mitch ran with that. Now the only thing I had to do because he made up my whole list and everything, and that was awesome because I wouldn't know the first fucking thing to do um i i had to just come up with a name so being educated and somewhat pretentious i thought i'm gonna try latin so i went to like the first thing i thought of was ignis because that means ignition like fire um and i i batted around a lot of other last names and like it was getting a little bit extra i'm like okay let's just reel this in a bit so i thought demonium which is like demon and pandemonium all together and just sounds like badass right yeah. which is good because if you see my character in the podcast i look sort of like like if sal no who was it um, is sally jesse Raphael grown her hair <laughs> and <laughs> lost her mind <laughs> you know what i mean like it was a little bit like i i was going for like you know wizard but i kind of look like aging drag queen on halloween night <laughs> You know, nonetheless, terrifying. Nonetheless, terrifying. It's <laughs> not a bad descriptor, I gotta say. It's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty bang on. So to to, to make this even uh, more authentic, I decided. Well, okay, I I have to sort of you know have this presence. So I I decided to <laughs> pre-record my voice as Ignis, and it sounded something like this. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but oh. you probably will. Yeah. My name is Ignis Demonium, Wizard of Flame. Flamer of Rub, descendant of Fae, both Fairy and Tina. Pretty. I, I made that up literally on the spot. Um, I thought about okay, Flame Flamer. This is easy. This is gold. I'm. It's ho- it's low hanging fruit. But the last part, it just came to me the moment where I and I don't know if anyone can hear it, but I said I'm a descendant of Fae, which means Fairy. And a lot of people wouldn't know that because that's pretty like true blood kind of abstract. Um, and I said, I'm going to send a Faye, both uh, Fairy and Tina. And of course, and if you don't put together Tina Faye, they're like, what do you mean Tina? So it's a bit abstract. <laughs> okay. it, it's, it's a bit out there. I didn't realize you pre-recorded it. I didn't know if you had something going that <laughs> uh, like you had at the time. Well, like, that's why I had my mouth covered at first. So you wouldn't know. Yeah, I had no idea. Even when you're because you were lip syncing to it. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty bang on because I I wasn't like, I was like, how is he answering these questions? <laughs> I want to do that because I thought I, I always wanted one of those like changing voice things, not just because I wanted to like, you know, make great phone calls or hold someone for ransom. I just thought it'd be fault. There's this app that I'm using for when I start doing the podcast that it can just change your voice. And literally, if you type in voice changer, there's like a million. And uh, this one was just, it, it's called uh, Death. <laughs> so it's like a Fitting. grim reaper and that's what they think death sounds like and i thought this is perfect because it doesn't sound like me at all but it sounds a little more you know frightening than you know my appearance wasn't selling it so i needed something oh your appearance sold it <laughs> thank you oh i had a blast doing it honestly and it was a lot of fun thank and you. uh i think that it's 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 such an interesting kind of niche i mean like because i mean now there's a whole uh genre of youtube where they're watching people play video games like that's the whole thing that's a huge huge that's huge subculture that's but yeah this is like before we had video games 
we did this. So let's watch this. And again, I'm a sucker for these kind of games. I like Clue is always my favorite game, always. Oh, uh, card. But I love those kind of games growing up. So I, I think that Dungeons and Dragons, if I had had more people to play with, I probably would. Because you can't really play with like what? Less than like three people. Ideally, you want four minimum. Yeah. You want a Dungeon Master and three minimum. Uh, four, I find four. If you have five players, I find that to be the perfect number. Yeah, and then the more you add, the 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 more you add, the less time people get to play, and that's always right. a little less fun. Well, it's like Clue. If you had six people playing, you wouldn't solve that mystery right away. I always play with my brother. It's just two of us, so like it was pretty much an open and shut case after a while because right. I didn't have the cards, he had the cards. Um, my one last question was: Do you ever like not want to be the dungeon master? Would you have wanted to play? I have uh, played. I oh, started have? playing. Yeah, uh, I I played originally before I was a dungeon master. I I like being a dungeon master more in general, yeah. but like there are times where it's like because being a dungeon master is a lot of preparation, much like the in the BDSM oh, sure. culture. It's a lot of preparation. You got to make sure exactly. that you have bring all the toys. You got to make sure that you've yeah. got you know the rules. Uh, it's a lot. the The phrase "dungeon master" has a lot of parallels. Yeah, you but can't double up on safe words. You need talcum powder because you can't get on leather pants without it. Like these are all the things people don't think of. No, it's true. I it, never my leather pants, dude. My thighs are getting so thick from COVID. Uh, the weight I've been gaining. I need talcum powder to put jeans on at this point. Oh, I just paint my legs black now. It's just. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But it's no, it's it, it's it is fun. It's fun to do both. But the the what I like about being the dungeon master is like getting to watch what other people do, and then the improv of building on other people's actions. Yes, of being like, okay, you want to go this direction? I'd never even thought of that. What's the improv move to for that? And it's very it's very improv. It's very and you have to keep a lot straight. Like you have to you have to remember a lot. Like yeah, because every character is doing something. And then you have to think, okay, well, what am I going to do now? And like, how will that affect everybody? Yeah. And you want to make it fun for everybody. Yeah. You can't I mean, just I be was like the villain. So I just wanted to burn everything to the ground. So that was kind of easy for me, but I'm glad I get to, uh, I get to reprise my role. Yes. You do get to reprise your role. You get to, uh, I am now a recurring character. <laughs> you, you will be the first recurring character. I actually thought about trying to bring you in. I just didn't know how to do it because, uh, because I only have the four screens up right uh, yeah so yeah. i didn't know how fifth screen would work and how i could do that because i was i was originally going to call you in and plan it that way and then i thought hey, i'll ask him after and we'll do a recording mm. and i i have a few i have a few ideas um i wanted to do maybe like a rain thing where suddenly i just take over the screen and just like crawl through but i'm thinking who am i crawling through to you're all on the screen <laughs> yeah well i i i could do uh like a portal opening like yeah. a graphic of a portal opening and then you appear. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. I let, Let's roll with that. Mitch, my friend, I miss you terribly. And again, you too. Uh, it was so nice to see you just to pick up the dice. Do you need those back, by the way? No, those are yours. That's that's a keepsake of being on the show. Anyone who's Good, a guest on the on show gets keep, a set of my, dice. My keepsake shelf, which is, Aww. well, some people say it's a junk shelf. I call it a keepsake shelf. <laughs> one, you some know, people don't have a vision. <laughs> half when a dozen they, of one. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I really hope I get to see you very soon and in a, in, in a meet space environment. And again, I'm so pumped for the show. So again, uh, Mitch McVodry's video podcast is Underwhelming. We didn't mention the title. It's Underwhelming, which I love. That's a brilliant title. Drew Hayes came up with that title. Drew Hayes, shout out to you, buddy. Yeah. Um, it's on YouTube. Check it out. They are on their, what, seventh episode? 
Uh, fifth episode is aired. Uh, the sixth episode goes up this week, and the seventh episode is yours on yeah. June second. <laughs> Circle that calendars, kids. So again, Mitch, so nice to talk to you. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. Oh, thank you. It was awesome to. It was I, honestly, it was just awesome to talk to you. <laughs>